0: We are communal beings. Is that right? Communal?
1: Yeah. Communal? Yeah. Sometimes, uh,
0: I, sometimes I use wrong great. words. Um, <laughs> I do sure.
1: <laughs> Yeah,
0: it's just me. Like I've, I've accepted this. Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities
2: of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are on your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in finding your shine. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am so excited to introduce to you Amy Schultz, who is a financial coach in Cleveland, of all places. Ooh, ooh, Ohio. And, yeah. Um, she also, you know, a lot of what we talk about on the podcast is so mindset focused and it's not like quick fix. It's very much like, let's get into the deeper root of your issues type of topics. And money is absolutely no exception. You know, we've had Michelle Bo on the podcast before. Um, We had the broke millennial on the podcast before. Like we've talked about the deeper issues of money and we're going there again to talk about, I mean, geez, like how to save for a house, how to plan for a baby, how to tackle your credit card debt, like all of the above
0: retirement, but all of it is in a very unboring way. I will say, I think that the entire conversation, like both me and you were very open and honest about the struggles that we've been through. And it wasn't like, how do I save for retirement? Give me the answer. It was just more like, these are our experiences and let's share and talk about it very openly. So I'm, I know that, um, I related a lot to this episode and the issues we talked about and hopefully you guys can too.
2: Yeah. I also think that this is an example of, and we talked about this in the episode, like people should be talking about, women in particular, should be talking about health. They should be talking about mental health. They should also be talking about money. So um, I think we, like, one of the things we said when we first started in the podcast was that Nina and I were having these conversations. Like, I love that we were open enough to talk about money with each other. Like, I think that's- We didn't have any weird hangups about it at all. No. So I would just encourage our listeners, like, find someone who can be in this with you, because if you're going through anything with money—and I think we're all at some point on our money journey, no one's ever like, all right, got it down. I'm perfect. Like, I'm good to go. And I'm never going to have a problem ever again. Like, I think, I mean, I would encourage you to find someone that you can keep sharing this with. Absolutely. Um, or just keep listening to this episode on repeat for the rest of your life. It, that works too. <laughs> it
0: is very helpful. I will definitely have this one like in my back pocket to pull out whenever I'm feeling financially stressed again. It will just make me feel like I am not alone, which is another thing we talked about a lot. I, It's funny because a lot of this relates back to mental health, I think, Mm -hmm. and just realizing you're not alone and you're not stuck and things will work out as they should. But before we hop into the episode, we did want to give a word from our current sponsor, which is Further Food Collagen. You've heard us talking about it for a couple of weeks, um, and I am a huge fan of collagen. Number one, because it is extremely healing for the gut. So if you are struggling with any sort of digestive issues or just trying to work on focusing on your gut health in general, collagen is a wonderful supplement for for healing the gut as well as um, helping improve the health of your skin, your nails, your hair. And the really wonderful thing about it is it's super easy and it's tasteless.
2: Absolutely. I found, I love it in my chai tea in the morning. I've also, if you're into like turmeric and making some golden milk, they have a really great supplement for that too, that gives it a different spin. If you want to go that route and get all the benefits of turmeric too. Yeah.
0: So if you are interested in trying Further Foods, you can head on over to their website, which is furtherfood.com, and use the code SHINE15 for 15% off your order.
2: We'd also like to take a moment to highlight a local Columbus business that has a really wonderful app we've been loving, and that is Align Mindfulness. Um, If you ever find that you're kind of struggling to incorporate mindfulness during the day, especially if you're new to it, this is a great tool. Um, You can download the app in the Apple Store and have these fun little reminders that pop up and ask you, you know, how are you feeling? Say this mantra. I found… it's really hard, I think, when you're just an anxious person to make time for that. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like one more thing to make time for. And you're it takes that stress of incorporating it into your schedule out because mm-hmm. it just does it for you directly from your phone, which let's be honest, we're on like all the time. <laughs> mm, the majority of the time. If you find that you are walking through life and you have a lot
0: of thoughts going on in your head and you're always up in your head, I know that that's something that I struggle with a lot. Having these little mindfulness reminders pop up on my phone really help sink me into the present moment. And so I've been loving Align. It's free, really easy to download. So head on over to your app store on your iPhone and download Align and let
2: us know what you think. We've been really loving it. All right. Well, let's get chatting money and mindfulness with Amy Schultz. Well, hey, Amy. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. I'm super excited to talk about holistic money management with someone, um, one of my favorite topics. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here talking to you guys. Yeah. So we always typically start with, or we often start with, how did you get into what you do? So I'm assuming um, there's some sort of money story that you have if you would like to share that with our
1: listeners. Yeah, so my money story so it's a little like a roller coaster, like twist and turns. So I um have a strong financial background from like a technical perspective. Mm-hmm. So I went to school to be an actuary, um which is somebody who oh, intense. It was intense. <laughs> yeah. So it's somebody who um I mean, because most people don't really know what it is. But it's so nice.
2: To-
0: I was gonna say I've no. I, have no I know. know what that
1: word <laughs> means. I only know because I have a friend whose husband did the same thing. Is so it like, an, yeah. ac-
0: an actuary? Is that
1: an what you act- said? Yeah, an actuary. So it's, never heard of it. It's somebody who manages financial risks. Sorry. So I specifically um, went to school for mathematical economics, and I had a minor in finance. And then I went on to take all these tests about like probability and statistics, and. um, Managing money. And so I worked for um, a consulting firm that was helping corporations manage their retirement plans. Mm. So a lot of numbers, a lot of math. Like I'm an Excel sheet nerd. I can be in Excel all day. And so I did that for a long time. But while I was doing that, I really, like my own, my personal finances were kind of like all over the place. I'm definitely a recovering shopaholic. Like I know it's, you know, there's, the movie, like Confessions from the Book, Confessions of a Shabahawk. It's a very real thing. Like there are so many people out there that had the same issue that I had. And I had the strong financial background and I was still having so much trouble, like getting my own shit together financially. So Mm -hmm. it just kind of like, you really have to think about it, that there isn't that much of a connection between financial knowledge and I guess, personal finance skills. It really comes from like that money mindset that you have Mm -hmm. to have. So um, so that's kind of how I got into thinking about like you know the difference between my financial education and what I'm doing with my money. And then um, I had like kind of some big life changes and just decided that I was gonna leave my job earlier this year and start my company, financial and female. And it's been really scary but really exciting. And um, as you guys know, like entrepreneurship is, just rewarding but also terrifying so <laughs> yeah
0: it's an adventure that's yeah. for sure i'm still navigating it since i when did you quit your job
1: i so i started i went off of work like in may i took a leave of absence i would just like woke up one day and like called my supervisor like i just like can't spend one more second not doing what i want to be doing yeah and wow. so um i think like that was a thursday and by monday i was like done working and so then in July, my last day
0: was in May too. That's oh really? Funny. Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> so in July, I told her like, "Yeah, I'm not coming. back. Sorry." <laughs> oh my gosh! So did you um, feel
0: scared or was it refreshing?
1: It was both. both? Like I, <laughs> yeah, like I was so terrified, um, but I was like, you know what? I can't. I have to try to do it. Like I have to do yeah. it. My husband wasn't too happy when I was like, "Hey, so I'm not going to work <laughs> on Monday." <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, But it's just, you know, it's just like once you have that, when you believe so strongly in what you're doing and you, that, you know, you can help people, you just kind of- totally. it.
0: Yeah. That's exactly how I felt too. Yeah. I just knew, I knew with teaching you're locked in for a year. So I was like, there's no way I can fathom. Like that was what it really was for me. There was no way I could fathom doing an entire year where I wouldn't be able to like, for example, just getting back home from Texas and being out there with my husband for a week, like I would not have been able to do that yeah. and to do these things and to grow and to work on my
2: business the way that I wanted to. So I was like, okay, I got to take the plunge. Right, like I you just to try. have to do it. Yeah. That's one reason I love the idea of financial coaching too is I think, which I'm sure you agree, like there's so much freedom when you are, when you have your money, mon- money mindset down and you have... Your finances in order that when you hit that point where you're like, I just can't do this, it's not like, well, okay, now I have to plan for like my two year exit strategy so that I can afford to do this. Like, once you get everything kind of set up, it's a lot easier. I mean, I think there's always some risk in leaving your job financially. (laughs) Like, it's never like, obviously, that's scary. $100,000, like, ready to go. That (laughs) that probably won't be everyone's reality. But I just, I love that. I, I think finances
1: are so freeing in that way that they allow us to
2: do the things that we really
1: want to do. Right. And I think if you have like a, a gift for helping people and that you can, you have some sort of skill that somebody else doesn't have and you can teach it to them and you have the privilege to do it, like you're almost doing a disservice to the world if you don't do it. So I just Ooh, I love that, that. Yeah.
2: I also love that you, so like you talked about being a shopaholic, which I want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit more more about because I, I think- I'm curious, like, what levels of shopaholics there are (laughs) and, like, getting into that definition a little more. But I love that you didn't let that stop you from doing this. Because I find with, like, imposter syndrome, I have a lot of, like, well, I have a credit card balance right now. Mm -hmm." Like, who am I to help anyone? Who am I to talk to anyone about money? But I love that we can use our own experiences to, like, better serve people. Yeah. Like when
1: I, when I think about myself, when I was in probably the worst spending where like I would get a bonus or something and it would all go to like, you know, my outfits for that season or whatever, like there's, I don't know what I could have said to myself to kind of get me out of it, but that's like the basis of everything I do is like, okay, if I meet somebody like that and they call me and they're like, you know, I'm, I can't stop spending. I have $700 left over every month. And I don't know where it goes. I have to like think back, like, what would I, what would have helped me? Um, so it's hard like to revisit that all the time and just, mm-hmm. you know, think about like how I got, I, cause I wasn't miserable. I felt pretty great. You <laughs> probably looked really great. Yeah, like, I loved Yeah but yeah, it, it does definitely help me.
0: I, the more I talk to Liz about coaching because she got into obviously financial coaching and I do holistic health coaching, the more I realized how incredibly related the two are when it just comes to mindset. Like I was just, you know, thinking I still deal with anxiety every day, like, or like periods yeah. of anxiety. And I also coach women on anxiety. And I was reminded specifically when I went on this trip, that when all of this travel anxiety just started to come up for me, I got so many ideas on how to help my client at our next session. Because what I did was then I went to my books and I went to a couple websites and started researching things to do what I would do to help myself in those moments. And I was like, oh, this is a great idea to do with so-and-so at our next session. And I mean, it's the same thing with financial coaching. It's like, you have to go through your own battle so you know how to help the other person or how to relate to the person you're trying to help.
1: Yeah. And I would be interested to read like a, if if there was a study or something of like how many coaches have their own anxiety, because even that where you're like, oh my gosh, I feel this way. I have to, I have to figure it out. Like I can't, you know, I know, I know there's a solution. I know I can fix this and I don't have to yeah. feeling that way. And that's a lot of like how our clients feel is like, how, you know, how are we going to fix it? But like we've already done the work. So
0: exactly. Yeah. Like uh-huh. They you know exactly where to go and what to do. Yeah. That's why I need you guys to help me with my money problems. And Liz, (laughs) you can ask me your
2: anxiety issues.
1: You can help me with gut health. That would be great.
2: (laughs) I got you. We're all trading. Yeah. No, I think that's great too because I feel like the issue that people have with money and especially like college-educated women or Mm -hmm. college-educated people in general, you're like, dang it, I have a degree. Like In your case, you're like, I'm an actuary, dang it. Like, (laughs) I'm… Excel all the time. Math is my jam, which just goes to show that I think people should never, f- I hate when people feel all that shame around money because it doesn't matter how smart you are. It's not about being smart. It's about right. what's going on beneath the surface and what's, what past stories or actions are making that happen rather than how smart you are.
1: Yeah. And I think like with women, it's, I don't know. I, I it used to surprise me like why? Yeah. Cause you're right. Like why are so many women who have good educations, who have good jobs, why do they have such a hard time with money? When you think about it, like we're raised to be, we're not raised to see women as like, you know, awesome money managers, like in advertising or TV, whatever mm-hmm. we see, like we're, we're raised to be quiet and we want We aren't really involved in the money conversation as much as we should be. And so then when we get to the point where we're making our own money and we have our own jobs and whatever, we are getting all these advertisements, all these marketing messages like you need this and this and this to be happy. Like you have to spend all of this. Oh, and here's like all these credit cards that are being mailed Mm -hmm. to you. All you have to do is go online and apply. So it's kind of like, I don't know, I kind of give myself a break for being like that for so long because it was so easy. Like I just got a credit card and I bought the things that were going to make me happy and I don't know. That must be what everybody's doing, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I
0: have a lot of shame. Like, I I feel like it comes from, stems from my family because my dad's very, 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 like frugal Italian with money. Like, doesn't spend a Mm -hmm. thing. Like, doesn't own a credit card. Doesn't even have a debit card. I'm not joking. He, like, goes into the bank and gets out cash. (laughs) And so when I came to college, I didn't like have any debt and I was really good with like the little money that I made waitressing. You know, I like didn't spend a lot and I always like was 40 about it. But then as I met my husband and we like started doing life together, things started creeping up and I realized that I've i always had this scarcity mindset. Like I'm so afraid my mm-hmm. money's going to go away. And then as I got older and I actually did get into debt because, you know, you're doing adult things and you need to use credit cards for things. Um, I just, I've developed like this shame of not ever thinking I'm where I need to be. And I, that's something I struggle with and I don't really know how to change it. It's like a little, it's a rut. Like I always don't think I have enough, even when I'm making more, if that makes sense.
1: So that's where it's all about that mindset. And I'm like, I want to be like, oh, like, let's just have a session now.
0: <laughs> let's, give let have, a session. let's have a session. I'm sure lots of listeners are like, me too. Right. Tell me what to do.
1: Yeah, because that's so common. Like we all have um, whatever happened in our childhoods and so everybody's different. Obviously, it's not like we all have the same issue, but it really does lead to almost like financial disorders, like how we treat money like, I have a specific, a, such a specific memory of being in middle school, and my one friend got like all of these new clothes for the year, and I didn't. And so, I just, it just stuck with me like that she was pretty and popular because she had all these things. So like Mm, I need to buy all these things. And so looking back now, like when, you know, when I realized this now, I'm like, Oh my God, no wonder that happened to me for so many years. Like it wasn't my fault at all. It was just my childhood experiences. And so it really, it just like ingrains in you as a money belief. And so that's what you have to work through. And that's kind of like, what I try to coach people through. Like mm. obviously we look at the numbers and I help them get organized and budget and blah, blah, blah. But it's also just a lot of the mindset stuff and like overcoming those challenges.
0: How do you work on that scarcity mindset? Because I mean, I it's hard. It's difficult because I feel on one end, it's like my dad did really well with money because he was so structured with it. But it always was like, I felt like I grew up be believing money is really hard to obtain. You have to work really, really hard and it's de- it's not going to come easy. And so I think that blocks me now because it makes me like second guess choices and maybe not like live my life out as full as, as, full as I should. Is there a, a trick to getting over that?
1: I know. I don't know if there's a trick, but I know <laughs> that like, especially with scarcity, it's, it's a tough one because some people who grow up that way They then grow up to be really good with money because they saw their parents doing the right thing. Maybe it was like a little extreme what they were doing. You know, like I think not not having a debit card, maybe that's an extreme. (laughs)
0: Right. My mom has one. I don't (laughs) don't think my dad has ever swiped a debit card.
2: I God, what is this world? Yeah.
1: (laughs) But like so, some people they they live like that and they grow up to have a good money mindset because they're like, okay, like, you know, money's a big deal, like you have to be responsible. You have to think about it. You can't just avoid it. You kind of have to like work through that. And then other people, they kind of grow up thinking like, I'm, I'm not going to ever have enough money. So what's the point? Mm. Why save for things? Because, um, no matter what my family did, we never had enough money. So, Mm. and it's interesting because I, I feel that way a little bit too. Like I have a really hard time saving money. That's something that I have to work on like every day. thinking about like saving and not spending. It's probably weird for a financial coach to say, but it does help me with my clients because I'm like, I'm right there with you. But so yeah, it can go both ways. I think it just depends on your childhood experiences, but then also like like what your situation is as an adult. I think if you had um, unlimited funds you would probably have an easier time saving some of it, but you would also just like spend more. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's really is more money, more problems. So that's what
0: seems to happen Yeah, in my experience and with a lot of people I know. Like the more money you make, then the more money you end up spending because there's always something you quote unquote need. Yeah. Like since
1: I quit my job, I've done such a good job of not spending money. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And my husband's yeah. like, you know, yeah, that, that income before was nice, but I'm like, yeah. But if you think about, you know, for all those years, how much I was spending, if I would have been working, taking time off work to like do that self-care and work on myself and like what my issues were, mm-hmm. we would have saved so much money with me working part-time or whatever. So it's mm-hmm. it's just like a, it's such an interesting concept.
2: I think what I've found, because I have a lot of scarcity mindset issues too, and I found that mine, and I don't know if this is the case from everyone, but I've found that my, the voice that says, you don't have enough or you'll never have enough stems from me thinking I am not enough. Like, I feel like when you internally don't think you're worthy of something, and I think that can be, you know, for some people it's love, for some people it's affection or, you know, success, whatever it might be. I think that can translate into like, it goes back to, well, if you can buy your way into that lifestyle, you can buy your way into Love or success with a wardrobe or whatever it might be. I think yeah. kind of those things I see in my experience to be tied.
1: Yeah, and that's I think why a lot of it comes back to mental health and like what where you are mentally. Um, like people with a lot of anxiety around. I don't know. I'll just talk about me specifically because I don't want to make generalizations. But I specifically like if I'm having a rough day or whatever I that's not a day where I'm at risk to spend money, which is weird. Mm-hmm. but on the days where I'm like feeling really awesome about myself, then I'm like, oh my god, I want to go out and spend all the money because like I, it's fine like you know I'll make I'll figure it out later I'll make money later like that mm-hmm. too much confidence is all, that's like almost a risky situation for me. But I think most people are the opposite like if they're feeling down they want to go out and spend money they want to like do whatever they can to fix that situation and a lot of times they think that's buying the next great thing.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tend yeah, to be the, yeah. like, I'm similar with the um with you in that I feel like I've always made it work. Like, I feel like I'm kind of scrappy. Like, yeah. my budget, <laughs> like, I don't overdraft ever. Like, I've always, like, it always seems to work itself out. And maybe that's just my, like, trust the universe woo-woo that I've historically <laughs> been like, it's yeah. fine. Um, but that makes me overconfident. And just because it's working, like, just because I'm not… Bouncing checks doesn't mean I'm progressing anywhere, it just means I'm staying in the same place. Like, I'm not, you know, in that mindset, I'm not going towards a specific goal and achieving it or you know, saving for a down payment. I'm just like, it's this constant, like, I made it work, like, I balanced and everything got paid, and I ate out too many times, and it's fine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's not necessarily like a growth mindset, which I think is like what most people want, it's maybe like a survival mindset. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I think that I, I, I think that I don't have that. I always make it work. I feel like I have these goals, then I don't attain them. And then I feel bad about it. Mm. So because I'm so, and I think that mine comes from a controlling standpoint. So when it's like with my health, when I don't feel well, I'm like, I need to control it. I need to figure out what's wrong. I need to do this and this and that. And then for me with my money, it's like, I need to go to the budget and I need to hound my husband about when this is coming in and I need this and I have to do that. And I try and control, manipulate everything. And I'm always telling Liz, like, I want to get a condo. So I want to save up for a down payment, yeah. but then I also want to go on vacation. And then I also spend a thousand dollars on organic food. Like that's, I can't stop. I think my shopaholic is that I can't stop buying <laughs> good food.
1: Well, that's and- a hard one too. Like that's mm-hmm. one where I let, I let people slide with that, honestly, because my family is like that. Like, like my husband and I try to eat really healthy and like for our son, we try to give him healthy food, but it is effing expensive. Like that's, I don't, you know, that's the one thing I struggle with now is I'm kind of like trying to like How do I tell people on a budget when they want to buy everything organically? Like, it's hard.
0: I, yeah, that is my problem (laughs) right now. Yeah. And I look back and it all comes to food and coffee for us. Like, it's food and coffee, coffee. food and coffee. It's not like Target trips, you know? Yeah. But but I feel like you're spending for your values and that's good. Like, but
2: it's not good when you want, (laughs) you have goals (laughs) that are not being met. Well, maybe. Mate, are your goals realistic? Like, are you like, we're gonna pay a thousand dollars a month on our debt? But like, is that realistic? Like, in my mind, it is. In my right. mind, I'm like,
0: and yeah. when I look at the budget, I'm like, this is totally realistic. And then at the end of the month, I'm like, you suck.
2: Like, no, you don't suck. <laughs> no, yeah, so
0: this
1: I feel is a like mental block. Like, I think yeah. you, like there's a mental block there of like maybe I don't really deserve these things, so I'm not setting attainable goals to get there because I don't really, mm. I don't know is you that know. like
2: upper limit theory like you think you're only like you you're at this level and this is right. the level you believe you're at and once you get to it instead of like going next level you like sabotage so that you can right. get to it again
0: we just talked about that with somebody. Um, on vacation, because I always say, like, I don't really want a big house. Like I don't. I don't really want a big house. I just want to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then in my mind, I'm like, ooh, do I just think I don't deserve a big house? Is that why? am I blocking myself <laughs> from that? You know, that's a very it was a very interesting concept to think that you want to get to a certain point, but then if you go further than that, it's like you, you block yourself from achieving more success.
1: Yeah. Like I always, that just makes me think of this. So I always said like, Oh, I don't want, I don't want children. Like I don't want kids. Mm -hmm. Like when I, you know, and then when, when I got like my anxiety and depression under control, I was like, Oh, I do. Like it just, it was just like, that was my excuse kind of saying like that I wasn't healthy. And I didn't know if I could have handle kids. It was like, no, I just don't (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, we cool. pl- yeah we say those things to protect ourselves, yeah. and then once we get our shit under control, we're like, I might change my right.
1: mind. Never mind. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: So, what's the biggest? Um, I don't want to say issue. What's the maybe issue is the right word That's that you issues. see when you're working with your clients? What is there a common theme?
1: Yes. It's so funny when, when people call me because I have to stop myself from being like, mm-hmm, I know. Yes. Yes. Like <laughs> I like they, it all sounds so familiar. Like my ideal client just happens to be somebody who manages all the money for their household, like their husband or their, you know, their partner, whoever works a lot. And like, is fine with paying whatever bills he's supposed to pay or she's supposed to pay. But the, the person that calls me is the person who like tracks it all and they are so overwhelmed and they are. Yeah. And they're trying so hard to do everything the right way. And they have like all these tools and they write all the, the Dave Ramsey books and like, you know, they can Mm -hmm. do things a certain way, but it's just not working for them. And so then it comes, that's when it comes back to those mental blocks. And so, um, that's when I give people the choice, like, look, I can, I can tell you what to do with your money and like show you the budget and like what works, or we can work through like the deeper issues and, um really get to the bottom of it and figure out like how you're gonna fix this going forward on your own. And so I think it's just that that big issue is just the mental roadblock. Do
0: most of them
1: say just give me the budget fix? Some of them do. And then I then I do it with honestly if somebody if they come to me and and, like I don't I don't want to sell myself to somebody. Like obviously I have to a little bit as a business owner, but I just like believe so much in what I do that I don't really want to be like hand-holding somebody the whole time, if that yeah. makes sense. So if they feel like, no, just give me, just help me with my budget. And then I can go from there. Then like, I'll just do a two-hour session with them and like, send them on their way. And I do and some people that we do they... that and they're great. Sorry, Liz. But... Oh, I was going to say they'll come back if they need help. Right. Like... That's the thing. Like if that's all they needed, that's awesome. Like I just had somebody email the other day saying that that honestly was what she needed. And she's like making huge changes in her life. And I was like, great, I'm never going to like be upset that you didn't come back to me for one-on-one coaching if like my point is to help you and you got the help you needed, like that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So, but there are people where I'm like, oh, like please do the one-on-one coaching. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I I know I can help you.
0: (laughs) Wow, this is so related to health. Yeah, I'm sure it
1: is. It's all about their value that they place on it, right? Everybody wants to be healthy, but what value do they really place on it?
0: Because I can tell somebody specifically re- related to like, say anxiety. Like I could say, I would start with this in the morning. I would definitely try and cut your sugars, maybe mm-hmm. replace this. Like, let's talk about what you're eating at this time. And like, let's add this in for stress reduction. And there's sort of like a blanket plan, but that won't really work and be effective unless you dig down and find the root of why the anxiety is there in the first place. Right. And so, that, yeah, I find that in my coaching, like you go in wanting to a quick fix because you just want to feel better. And mm-hmm. this is probably like me with finances. I'm like, I just want it to work. I just want it to be better. <laughs> but then I don't want to really dig deep and now I'm curious now I'm curious why because if I do it so much with my health why am I not doing it with my finances maybe I need a financial coach It makes you
1: think so much <laughs> hey I know one I know a yeah. <laughs> It makes you think so much about other areas of your life like when you start yeah. looking at it from that that perspective of mental health it's like cuz now I'm so I'm an emotional eater I'm like for sure like I if there's desserts or something around i have to eat them all like it's mm-hmm. just, it, like so, my sister is the same way so we just do actually she just started baking which is like not good for my family Like, first. <laughs> but we started thinking about like our childhood and we were laughing about it but we never had desserts in our house right as kids yeah and so, so now when there's dessert around we're like oh my god like i have this. to eat what it all this? yeah so, it is just interesting. It makes you think about so many other things.
2: It's probably similar, Nina. I mean, like, I don't mean to be like you were in a financially deprived household, but like, if you're, <laughs> I, I can imagine if your dad doesn't own an ATM card, like, you <laughs> I can s- confirm <laughs> this. Right. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure. You could, I mean, but I'm sure like you weren't getting like treats and surprises all the time. So maybe that's one reason you're like, I'm going to treat myself. Right. Like, yeah. Well, but the thing is,
0: I did like, but it was very structured. So it was like, okay, yes. Like we're going to buy you a trip to go to China with your coral group. Like, Uh you know, like I would, things like that, but it was never, if I wanted to go to Abercrombie and get a sweater, like, no, we had to go to Kohl's and use the 20% Mm -hmm. off. Like it was like one of those types of things. So now I, and my mom will never buy, I'm always like, mom, it's like quality over, quantity sometimes. Like you don't want to buy the meat just because it's $6. Like you right. want to buy the grass fed, whatever. And so now I'm like a complete opposite. Like I'll see when I'm with her that she'll still be like pinching pennies and like sometimes going cheaper, even if it's not better. And I'm like, that's not really the way to be. Why'd I bring that up, Liz?
2: Why you start talking about that? I don't know, because I brought it up. I, I noticed one thing <laughs> for me. I, this, like, dawned on me the other day. I was like, okay, so I had a lot of, in my family, it was a lot of, like, if you do something, my mom calls them happies, which oh, are, like, little happy. treats you get. Just little happies when oh, you, like, so cute. just because, or you do something well. or. And yeah. I find that, like, that, that, Growing up, of like, oh, like you do something good, you get a reward, or like you're just a good person, you get a reward, or I thought of you today, I got you this, you get a reward. Like, I in my day to day, I'm always finding ways to reward myself yes. for just like ah. being a human being.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know so, if I got happy. I don't think I got happy. I did get paid for good grades. That's how I, I
0: don't think oh, I never got paid got got for that. good grades. Wow, I Also, I mean, didn't do chores.
1: I didn't get paid to do chores because right. I didn't do
0: chores. I so wonder if I'm it's like, an Italian thing too. Both of, my Italian. Parents were, my both of my parents were born in Italy, and so I don't. Oh, I don't know if you get this from the Italians, but Italians have a very specific money mindset. Like it's very, <laughs> you know, like scrappy, and you know, uh, all of that. And I don't know. If we it's
2: get, the immigrant
1: coming it's through. The
0: immigrant mindset. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. There are a lot of entrepreneurs in my family, so maybe that's. Mm. Um, I don't know, but yeah, it's all like. It's just so funny because now I'm like, oh, I want to like go look at, like ask my parents what my allowance was like when we were little. And I'm like, I don't think I had an allowance. But they say that if you you start early with kids with money, then it like, you know, it really impacts them the rest of their lives. And Mm -hmm. it's true. Just talking about like what you saw your dad doing and it, it stays with you.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because me and Liz, we had total um, different upbringings when it came to that. And like, I felt like that was really apparent when we grew up as adults together in college. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's even now... It's, like, a little bit different. But my husband, his parents didn't talk to him about money at all. And so we were just talking about this on the plane ride, how he got his first credit card and just, like, it was, like, five grand limit. And he just, like, used it it to live his life, like, sophomore year of college. He's, like, yeah, that's where my debt started. I was, like, in my mind... I would have never thought I would have never been able to use a card because my parents were so, my dad talked about money so much, but it was almost a detriment. Like he doesn't worry about it and I overworry about it. So it's like, where's the balance there?
1: Mm -hmm. I guess. That was me with the credit card and the student loans. Like, oh my God, I I think I had like eight or nine separate student loans. Like I just didn't, I just couldn't, like I knew how to do it because I knew like the um, logistics behind like going out and getting a loan or getting a credit card or whatever, Mm -hmm. like having a checking account. Some kids don't know early on, but I did, but it it was, like, that not understanding interest and not understanding, like, hey, eventually this isn't free. (laughs) What Mm -hmm. about,
2: do you ever have clients, because I feel like the people I talk to and, like, the issue I've struggled with is all about, like, overspending and debt. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you see from people that are on the opposite end of the spectrum and they're, like, hoarding their money and they're Mm. not spending anything?
1: Like, Um, (laughs) Or maybe you don't see them. I know. No, that's (laughs) funny because I just, I don't see a lot of that because um, either they don't realize that it's a problem or like, if there's somebody who's hoarding money, money, why the heck are they going to pay a financial coach to help them with something? Mm. That's true. So it's all about like that, that valuing the process and whatever. I sometimes think my husband is one of those people though, but... (laughs) You're yeah. Like just being honest. Yeah. But it's just interesting because when you have such a different mindset, like he sees me as like, I have a spending mindset. So he kind of like takes things I say with a grain of salt. Like, I just don't know somebody who's hoarding. And I like, as a business owner, it sucks for me to say this, but I don't know that I would relate to somebody that much without doing more research about it. Like right. for me, it comes really easily. The people that call me and are like, I don't know what to do with my money. I have this money left over. And like, I'm not sure what I should be doing with it and whatever. Like, it's usually about them keeping track of it so that they don't lose it, not about spending it on the right things, if that makes sense. Yeah. So. You
0: always grab it. The people that you are like always seem to come to
1: work yeah. with you. Yeah. Which I guess and is so good. Th- cause that's cause something always, I'm trying. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Luke. I was
2: going to say, I've always worried about like once I get started, like if that person came to me, I'd be like, I wish I had your problem. I
0: know. Like, I more. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, I keep relating it back to health, so I'm sorry, but that reminds me of like if you are ortho, have you guys heard of orthorexia? Yes. Where you are so, so, and I started to, I see myself going that way. Sometimes you are so particular about what you put in your body. So it's like, I have to have the highest quality of this and the highest quality of that. And I can't have one bite of gluten and I will not touch dairy or else I'm going to die. So it's like one of those things where you're being really healthy and on the outside, it looks great, but it's, it's not a healthy balance. And I feel like that's the same thing with these people. Like hoarding your money and never spending also isn't healthy and mm-hmm. always spending your money isn't healthy. So it's, it's, it definitely is a mental health thing. I think all of this is it's like, I where know. are you comfortable in yourself so that you feel comfortable making the right choices with your foods? So you make, you feel comfortable making the right choices with your finances in your relationships. Like if you're not cozy and comfortable with who you are, you're never going to be able to make those big decisions from a correct place. Right.
1: I think with, with any like coaching relationship, it's all about like teaching them the basics, like teaching them what, you know, that can definitely help them. Like I guess with financial coaching, it's really like budgeting and like Mm -hmm. what you should be saving and all that. And with health, it's probably like, you know, the the basics of like a healthy lifestyle, but then with every person, it's different. Like when you, once you get to mindset and so that's what makes it interesting, I think.
2: Yeah. What is your opinion on people talking about money? like? I have this vision of a utopia where like everyone <laughs> feels free. Like I'll like I'll tell you what I ate for lunch, I'll tell you anything else about myself, but like people when it comes to money they're like we just don't talk about that. People yeah. will talk about sex more than they talk about money. I know.
1: Yeah. I, um, so I'm a super feminist. Like I've just, I just always have been since I was a little girl. (laughs) Woohoo! And so I, um, have some of these, like really these thoughts that I don't know if they're fact or not. I don't know if it's true or not, but, um, I really think that the reason that women don't talk about money and that the reason that we grew up like not talking about money is because we just like we weren't supposed to figure it out that we're kind of being like duped out of making more money Ooh. that we're not getting paid as much that I love think about it if you concept. i i um had to text a coworker at one point and say like you know what i just need to know like did you did you how much of a raise did you get and it was like so such a taboo thing mm-hmm. but at my husband's company it wasn't like that they talk about money all the time and they're all much happier because they know what everybody else is making they're not wondering about it you know mm-hmm. and so i just think like The more women talk about it, the better things get because really we've been kind of hidden from that money conversation for a long time and it's only hurt us. So like it can only help us if we start talking about it more.
0: I think we've created this comparison game and the reason it's so taboo is because when you are inquiring about how much somebody makes, you're valuing them higher if they make more and you're valuing them less if they don't. And I think people find it offensive because... They don't want to be valued as less. And so we have to take the stigma away, like the money stigma away.
1: Yeah. People are really embarrassed to talk about it. Like I know a lot of people will send me messages on Instagram, like I or wherever, like I love your stuff, but I'm just not ready to talk about it. And I say, okay, mm-hmm. just like keep following. And when you're ready to talk, let me know. Like I know it's hard, but um, it really is. It's like so deeply ingrained in us that we're not supposed to talk about it. And I think it it really it's getting better now. Like people are kind of realizing now they need to talk about money with their kids earlier. But when we were growing up, like that just wasn't a thing. Like we just didn't know how much money our parents made. Like I still mm-hmm. don't know how much money my parents make because they wouldn't mm-hmm. tell me. So yeah, it's just, it's just interesting. It's something that I think we can stop just by talking about it more.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think if we forgive... One thing that I have found is powerful for me is to like forgive myself. It it makes it easier to talk about things when I can forgive myself and be like, okay, this is what you did in the past. Like you can't change that, but this is what you can do in the future. And it makes that conversation that much more healthier to have grace for yourself and bring
1: forgiveness into the picture. Yeah, I think that's a big part of like why when you have to get through something hard, like financial stress, It helps to have a coach or somebody work, walk with you through it because it is lonely. Like that process Mm -hmm. of admitting that you did something wrong and then having to forgive yourself and like fix it. Like it's hard to do on your own.
0: Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think about like, so one of my goals say is to pay off a credit card. And I think about like the stress I put on myself throughout the process of doing that. And then afterwards when it's paid off, It's like, okay, now my problem's gone. But if it's going to get done eventually anyway, or if you have the goal of getting it done anyway, why are we making ourselves miserable throughout the process? Does that make sense? That's something I think about all of the time. And even when I am going through a moment of anxiety, I'm like, okay, well, when this moment's over, I'm going to look back and be like, you just spent three hours overthinking and now you're (laughs) fine. So why did I spend years, months, whatever, overthinking this one topic when in the end, it's going to get taken care of and it's going to be
1: fine? Yeah, I think that's the million dollar question that we all have about anxiety probably is like how, like, how do you get through something without first worrying about it, right? Like, how do you just kind of go to the action step without first pulling out all of your hair
0: yeah, and
1: freaking out about, is this going to work? Am I going to be able to pay off this debt? Like, it's just hard.
2: I heard someone say, sorry, go ahead. Luke. I was going to say, I just hate that there are, like women are just sitting there suffering. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like, you know, like, I don't know, things like endometriosis. Like people just like sit there and suffer and they don't talk to each other about it. They're not like, is this normal? Are you having this pain? Like people, like how many people are just sitting and having these horrible thoughts about their money and just like going through all this anxiety and stress thinking that they're the only ones? Yes,
0: they're the only ones. But Liz, is I've been thinking that topic exactly is that you are not the only one but when you're going through whatever issue it might be like financial health whatever you so you feel so isolated mm-hmm. and you get stuck in your own head and we are communal beings is that right communal
1: yeah. yeah, you know yeah. I mean?
0: sometimes, uh, I, sometimes I use wrong great. words. Um, <laughs> I but need to. <laughs> Yeah, it's just me. Like I've, I've accepted this. But we're meant to be part of a tribe and we're meant to communicate. And when we're struggling with something, we're supposed to go to somebody else and ask mm-hmm. for help. Like that's how we work. But we've decided that it's shameful when it has to do with health and money are the two big ones. We've decided it's shameful and that we've somehow gotten ourselves in these situations and we don't want to ask for help. But that's what we're all here for. Like, that's why we're all coaches is because yeah. we've gone through it and we've asked for help. Like, that's the only reason why I'm where I'm at today is because I've gone to see a therapist. I've worked with the coach. I've done these things and, and you guys have too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it's like for with the women and money conversation, if even if they want to ask for help, most of the time, I mean, 85% of financial advisors are men. I think that's right. I can just looked this. It's, you know, sure. like, feels it's right. 85%, it feels right. It feels right. <laughs> And so it's like, even if you wanted to get financial advice about like, you know, oh, I want to start investing or whatever, you don't see anybody that looks like you talking Mm -hmm. that just kind of like confirms in your mind, like, wow, I am the only person that that is like me. That's worrying about this. Like there's, Mm -hmm. okay, maybe I I shouldn't reach out. Like that's too scary. So I think the more that there are like there's coaching is like just an awesome thing to do because the more people see you as a face that can help them, the more they realize they're not alone and that there is somebody out there that has gone through the same thing.
0: I know it's hard, especially with you guys in financial coaching. I'm sure if somebody is having financial troubles, it's like, well, I can't <laughs> spend money on a financial coach because I'm dealing with financial troubles but it's where you put your energy and where you spend your money. That's what, I mean, it's going to come back to you. And that's something I remind myself all the time. It's like money is an energy mindset is an energy. So wherever we put that energy, it's going to come back to us in a positive way.
1: Yeah. I, um, I had a, a financial coach who she said to me, you know what, this is my price. You can break it down into payments but I want you to think about what energy are you going to put into this? And that's the payment I want you to make today. Mm, and so I wow. was like, damn, that is good. I'm just going to give you all of it right now because that's yeah. the that I want.
0: I'm putting so, all my energy.
1: Yeah. So I don't do that with my clients.
0: didn't
1: <laughs> think that it, it is part of it. Like you have to think about, you know, the value that you're you're putting behind this is really like it's personal value. Like how much do you want to get out of it is how much you have to put in. Mm -hmm. When I always think too,
2: like either I can pay nothing and keep doing what I'm doing and Mm -hmm. have it not work, or I can make it an investment and like it could work. Like Mm -hmm. there's a much, like we've already proven that like going, at least like in my case before working with a financial coach, like going my own way, like not really successful. Like I worked in the financial services industry. I should have, I have all this knowledge, like couldn't do it on my own. But making that investment, like, that's enough to tip the scales and put together an action plan. And I'm more accountable to a human being than I am to a spreadsheet. Like, Oh
0: my gosh, everybody is. Right. I mean, I guess I can't generalize and say everybody is, but most people are. Or they should we, realize, maybe
1: they haven't realized it yet, but. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Like, I get people a lot who say, oh, well, I read this book and that book. And I'm like, I do think there are a lot of, like, great books out there about financial help, help um, and financial coaching and all that, but… I do think like that one-on-one time, like where you're looking somebody in the eye and having to be held accountable for whatever money mistakes you've made and like forgive yourself. I just think that's like way more powerful than reading about how to do it.
0: Yeah. And when you work with somebody else, they pull questions out of you that you might not have yeah. considered. It's like they help you hear your own intuitive answers because they're asking you something that you normally wouldn't think of yourself. Right. Right. I wanted to ask a couple super practical questions. That's what I was th- I was you just going to go
2: there. I was like, people Where like takeaways. Yeah.
0: So, and <laughs> here are them. a couple of them. So just sort of, and I think we may have touched on them in other financial episodes, but it's cool. We always need reminders. <laughs> when it comes to savings and debt payoff, is there sort of a go-to rule that you have, like you should pay off all of your debt and you should just keep this in your savings account, or you should like have this in your savings account before you pay off debt. Is there a rule that people should follow or is that just not how it works?
1: I think, um, it, well, unfortunately my answer is going to be that it depends on the, the person's relationship with money. <laughs> Liz is nodding. She's like, Unlike, yes, yeah. I knew it's coming. <laughs> so I think there are some people who, um, yeah, if you're in a lot of debt, Take all of your money, pay it off, start over. Because once you, if you have that good energy about debt and you can get rid of it and you know you're going to do the right thing and you don't have a history of like a financial disorder with overspending or something, get rid of it, clear your head, be financially free, start making good decisions. If you're like me and you have a history of like this overspending and like you pay off one credit card and then it just builds up again and like you really need more of um, more, I guess, mental work before you're ready to like get rid of the credit card, paying it off all at once is just kind of like inviting you to start putting money on it again. Yeah, so like those that people sense. I'm like, let's let's slowly let's come up with like a plan, like get used to saving money, like valuing that money saved in the bank instead of things that you see is a process. Like you have to mm. start to, able to do that. And then when you can like recognize that paying off the debt is because you don't want to have that debt, not because you're making room for more debt. That's like the second part And then um, once you get through that and then you can like actually realistically budget for things and not use your credit card on it, then I think you're ready to like Mm. down your debt, get rid of it. But it's just about so much more than like debt payoff for most people. I think it's really about like, why do I have this debt? Why does it never go away? And when it does go away, why does it just like pop back up again? Yeah, that's so good.
0: But then I also really practically want to know what is the safe (laughs) number that people say you should have in your savings account in case of issues, is there a safe number?
1: Well, from there, cause I always look into this too, because I, I don't like specific numbers. I feel like it's very by person, but people ask me that a lot. So I'm like, all right, I should like, you know, look into this. I'm asking you, (laughs) I'm asking you the
0: questions. Like if I turned it around and made it health questions, I'd be like, stop getting so specific. (laughs) Like this is all very intuitive. (laughs) Like, but now here I am like, give me the quick
1: answer. No, but that is what most people want. And so I think For like an emergency savings, like just to have aside in case like you need a car repair, you need like, like, or I guess you could call it a rainy day fund. People call it different things, but I think there's always like your liquid savings. Like in a, you have your checking account, then you have your savings account where you can easily transfer from savings to checking if you need it, or just take it out of the ATM. Two thousand dollars, I think, is a good number. Mm -hmm. Um, for some people, I mean, I guess if you're, it's like if your house is your car is like super expensive and you know, the parts are super expensive. You have to have a bigger amount. Like that's why it varies. Um, no, When
0: you're wanting to save for something. So say it's like, okay, I got that. Fine. Right. But now I want to buy a house or I want to buy a condo. And now I'm trying to balance that with also wanting to go on vacation. I'm asking for a friend.
1: What do, <laughs> <Just a> friend. <laughs> what do you do? I think um, figure out
0: where your values are. Is that what you're going to tell me? Yeah, kind um, yeah. of.
1: Identify your value. I have a worksheet. You no. <laughs>
0: like
1: shameless plug. I have. A I know. my know. <laughs> I think it's important to have like that back backbone foundation of savings built up before you go after like really specific goals. I say that though, having also understanding like people with anxiety, that's very hard for them to do. And so mm. there's some of my clients where for them to be financially healthy, they might need to save up for a specific thing first for like a house, a down payment on a house or something, and then work on building up like their six months of salary or whatever they, that a lot of people say you should always have like in your personal investment or whatever. I don't know if there's other financial coaches that would say that, that they would let their clients kind of like pick a, one thing to save up for instead of having that like personal savings built up first. But if you think about it, if you're saving for a house and something horrible happens, you still have savings, you know, Mm -hmm. put it into the house yet. So it's still that like, as long as you're saving towards something, if you need a picture of a house in front of you in order to think about like, okay, I'm actually putting that money towards something. It's not just like invisible. It's not gone, whatever, like whatever. I just always feel like whatever it is you're saving for, let's just set that goal and get to it. And we'll worry about later, like where the rest of that money needs to be going. Mm
2: -hmm. I also feel like inherently people, like as much as we guide them, people are going to do what they want to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like if they really, really, it's kind of like whatever motivates you. Like if you really, really, really want a house and that's going to be what prompts you to save,
1: like, you know, why not start? Yeah. Like I, when I think about retirement, I have to like, I would have to have like a picture of like a huge yacht or something (laughs) and think about like, okay, in 35 years, I'm going to go buy this huge yacht. Really? Like I'm, that's probably not my goal. Like I don't even really like to be on boats, but just (laughs) that idea that you have some, some people really need that motivation How do you suggest
2: people, speaking of, like—and I know this isn't, like, financial planner land, but, like, investments (laughs) and Roth IRAs and all of that stuff that I really puts me to sleep, even though it shouldn't. (laughs) How do we, like— How do we look past the present? Because I feel like it's so easy. First of all, like I'm all about like live in the present moment. Don't get too caught up in the future. But it's so easy to just like keep living in the present and keep doing all these like short-term goals without looking 30 years and then getting there and being like, well, shoot, I have to keep working for
1: the rest of my life. Right. I have questions
0: about that too.
1: I think you have to like like pick your look at your goals, like your budget, and then kind of fit your lifestyle to it. So that coming out of your paycheck is that however much a month you need for savings. And you're not like thinking about it every day, because if then when you start thinking about it, you're like, Oh, that like extra, you know, $400 that could be like, you know, a really awesome new outfit or something like, then you kind of start putting things to that money again. Mm-hmm. instead of like the future things, because that is hard to do is to like really think about that and stick with it. So it's got to just be like automatically part of your budget.
0: So now there's like two sides here though, because there's the retirement side and then there's just the saving to mm-hmm. feel like cozy and safe in your life. And then there's like saving for big purchases. Right. And then I, I, and then that's where <laughs> I start to get, that's where I think the overwhelm comes. So when it comes to like your retirement, that's something that comes out. Like I was a teacher. So that's something that sort of happened on its own automatically and stays in its happy place. But is that not typical? Is that like some people have to choose how much they want to put into those funds?
1: Yeah. So, so most people, like if you work for a company that offers a retirement plan where you're contributing money to it, it just comes out of your pay. Like you set a percentage, um, mm. And then it just comes out of your paycheck, but you're still so you
0: choose that. that.
1: Yes, yeah, so you're so responsible for that amount, and then you can get involved in however much investing you want. If you don't have that, then yeah, you have to set up your own account and do all that on your yeah. own. most people don't. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I've
0: so, yeah. I've learned that with the entrepreneur world because I didn't have to think about it for seven years. Because yes. in teach, they don't even. I don't get to choose. Like they take a certain amount. So right. I, I'm very thankful for that now because I'm like, great, I got something started. But my husband's like now that his business has it is where it's at. He had to choose to like open up his own. Retirement and then choose how much money he was yeah. going to put into it. And I was like, shit. Like, it's just, it's all of these things that you just sort of learn as you go
1: when you're an adult. Yeah. Uh, it's like adulting and, 101, like, yeah. Retirement account, account. Yeah. But I think, like, as long as you have accounts for things you want, you can see, like, you're like, you are somebody that might really benefit from like a, having a separate travel account where you're mm. just putting money in there. And so when you see that retirement money come out, like, okay who buy bye retirement money, but you also see like, you're also putting money into your travel account that you're going to use for fun yeah. sooner rather than later.
0: We've talked about that. And then that stresses me out because then I'll be like, I'll see the money in the travel account. And then my brain is like, we probably just
1: shouldn't use that on travel though.
0: Like, so I, oh, I that's, have
1: to, yeah, that's interesting. So I'll
0: see it and I'll be like, I should be using that to pay this off or I'll see that and I'll, whatever. So but, I don't like to do that, but then I'm impulsive. So then I'll be like, okay, let's buy these tickets. They're at a good price. And then we go on vacation. Or, or and then I hard. come. Yeah. And then I come back right. and I'm like, oh my gosh, we just, like, didn't go grocery <laughs> shopping. We spent so much money on food. So yeah, I should probably play with the other end. Yeah.
1: What
2: were yeah, you going to say, Liz? Um, you looked
0: like you had advice for me. Yeah.
1: No, I was just going to say like the, <laughs> the
2: flip side of that is then exactly what you said. When you go to take the trip or whatever, you, you use just for, what you, it, you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, I'm curious about, like, what is your? Cause I feel like most people struggle with the food thing. We were talking about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, as far as like, yeah, it being stupid expensive, <laughs> regardless of whether or not. And you have a kid. Yeah. So like, there's that mm-hmm. whole element of like, I think about that How all the time. How old your I was kid? Like, I
1: didn't know that. He's um he's twenty <laughs> months. Oh, I mean, okay, almost, yeah. So nine kid people, I have to think like, wait a minute, the month thing is weird. I know that's like a weird thing, that I still say that. Almost two years. Well, once you get to two, then years.
2: you're
1: like, <laughs>
2: yeah. But I mean, that's, I think all the time, I'm like, dang, my husband and I spend this much on food and like, it's just us, like, well, and pets, but like separate thing. Mm-hmm. But what yeah. are your, like, do you have any best practices for keeping food expenses in check.
1: It's funny because we just started talking about this because, um, I had met another financial coach in the area and she had posted something about like their food budget. And to me, I was like, Oh my God, that's so low. Like I will never be able to do that. And so my husband, we kind of like challenged ourselves. So, um, we haven't like, and when I say challenge ourselves, I mean, we challenge ourselves to start thinking about it. We haven't actually done it yet. (laughs) So we've like, we started going to Costco and thinking about like, what can we buy in bulk? You have to be careful because you can get Costco just like you can get targeted where all of a sudden you're at Costco and you bought like 85, I don't know, yogurts that will expire or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I went to Costco for the first time <laughs> and I was uh-huh. like, oh, I feel like I'm going to buy all this stuff in yeah, bulk,
1: hard. but it's, I
0: don't even need all of it. And yeah,
1: it's good and bad. All of a sudden we had like these frozen muffins that you put in the microwave and I was like, okay, the point of Costco is to get things that you need in bulk, yeah. not like to buy other crap. But so then I know like Aldi's, like people shop at Aldi's and they do like awesome. That's They they actually have like really good organic stuff. Um, And so that's like our number one thing that I'm like, okay, we just got to start doing it. Like it's, it's, you know, our ends is right down the street or, or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's a little more like upper end. Like it's kind of, it's, it's easy. What part of Cleveland do you live in? I'm on the West side. I'm um, in Bay Village. Wait,
0: I think Cody's on, oh yeah, Cody's on the East side. My husband grew up in Concord, like Painesville area, oh, which cool. is the opposite side of you. Yeah, but there's a Heinen's <laughs> down the street, so I was like, I wonder. If oh yeah, Heinen's. <laughs> different Heinen's.
1: Yeah, but I think too. Like meal planning helps. Like we we've always done meal planning just from like a health perspective because we are like we need to track all of that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now with a kid, obviously, it's just easier to know like ahead of time. But I think that helps too. People who just who are kind of like just buying whatever they want for the week and not really thinking about it. I think that's like, that's a one, a number one thing you could change is like doing the meal planning.
2: Do you have any meal subscription Are you a meal subscription fan or nah?
1: I am not because I did them for a, a while. I did, well, do, there's a couple, like I did Blue Apron and then I mm-hmm. did um, Instacart where they deliver the groceries. Instacart is dangerous. It is so awesome, (laughs) but so dangerous. (laughs) And I loved it so much, especially I did it right after my son was born and I like just didn't want to leave my house. Um, But like I was paying, I like, I have to tip 20% everywhere. I just like Mm -hmm. have to do it. And so I, my, our groceries went up 20%, you know, Mm. and then then I was like, oh, I really want this right now, Instacart. You know, so it's just, you do kind of get like addicted to it. And it's like, okay, just step back, cancel it, start going to the freaking grocery store again because Mm -hmm. it's like
0: Uber Eats has been the death of me.
1: Yeah, I Don't start.
0: (laughs) Since I've moved downtown and there's so much amazing food down here that is, you know, healthy, I'm like, "Mm, I don't feel like cooking. So I'm just gonna Uber eats tourism, which is like a really yummy health food place over here. And then before I know it, then I have like those driver fees and I'm like, I just spent $15 on like an $8 bowl. So what (laughs) am I doing with my life right
2: now? That's one benefit to me moving to Cuyahoga Falls is there's just like not that <laughs> much stuff. I mean, that I can still do it, but it's like just not that much stuff to choose from. So I'm not like, oh, there's like 400 restaurants that I'm nearby yeah. that I can choose from. Speaking I'm,
0: of, I'm in a moment right now where I'm like, I, mean, I should go grocery shopping. I've been gone for a week, but I also could like Uber Eats food. So I'm like in that struggle right now.
1: But you have to balance I, to, like, stress. Like, it. Like if you, you just got back from traveling, I would probably, like, in that moment, be like, all right, I'm just going to Uber Eats. And then I'm I know. done. After that one, I'm done. Yeah.
0: It's like the diet for me, though. I'm like, I'm yeah. done after this one. Right. I'm going to start fresh on Monday. And that's never how it works.
2: I really like, um, so my mom suggested, she sent me a code for Dinnerly, which I've really liked. Hmm. So they, like… I forget how they cut. They don't do as much marketing. Do you remember, I don't know if Blue Apron did this because Home, not Home Fresh.
1: Hello. Hello Fresh. (laughs) Fresh.
2: No, Home Chef.
1: There's so many of them. Home Chef did this
2: where it was like every week I got like this giant plastic binder and like all of these like printed laminated recipes. And I was like, dear Lord, like this is very not environmentally friendly, but they like, they don't do that. It's like $38 $38 a week. And it's three meals for two people. So I was like, this one working for me. What it's was cheaper. Which one was that list? It's called Dinnerly.
0: Dinnerly. Oh, Dinnerly. I've never um, heard of that one. I've never done a stuff
2: food subscription box. I'm kind I of like surprised. It because it's
1: I mean I think it would be cool to do it for like a, a few months
2: mm-hmm. and
1: save all the recipes and then like challenge yourself to like go out and get really? those ingredients and like cook yeah. them. Because then you're like getting long term personal growth out of it. Yeah. Yeah. We tried that for a while and then we were like, this is way too much work. Like we're just going back to our chicken and rice every day. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's all a balance between like, what's going to cause you the most stress and also like your health and also your finances.
1: yeah, it's the trifecta. Everything's
2: (laughs)
0: Everything's
2: related completely. I'm also curious your thoughts on, so I am currently renting I go back and forth on this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently renting. My rent is not cheap. I will say moving up here, like the value is better. Like I'm paying the same amount for a three-bedroom home with a garage that I am or was for a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, that's this. Nice. Like, value's good, but still a lot of money. And I always go back and forth on, like, I'm like, man, if I got a house, which I'm, like, leaning towards, but I'm really weird about, like, I will put 20% down. I will get approved on just my income. I mm-hmm. will, like— have it be a reasonable price. So I'm not like paying a mortgage for the rest of my life. But I do go back and forth on like renting or buying, which Same. one is really the best choice. It probably depends. I'm sure. People have been
0: swaying me against buying because of like all of the factors that go into it and like how long you're going to be there and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious in your answer.
1: Yeah. I, um, I used to be all about buying and I think that's just like times change. Like that's how we yeah. grew up hearing, like you should always buy a house. But now like people in our generation, they're traveling more, like they want yeah. more ex- experiences versus like that security of a home. And it's not, it's not really like, like when you meet, if you meet somebody your age and they're like, oh yeah, like, you know, I just got my first house. I kind of like, I was living with my parents for a while, saving money. It's like not that weird. And before you'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. that's super weird. Like they were living with their parents, but now it's kind of like, just something people have to do and it's becoming more of the norm. So I think renting is also becoming more of the norm. We also, like we lived in our first house for five years. And then, um, I had like some like mental health issues and I, I just couldn't live there anymore. Like we had to move. So we bought our second house and looking back, I'm like, Oh, that, you know, that, yeah, we didn't know that was going to happen, but it, sometimes it's okay if you just rent for a while and then wait to buy your first house because, you, yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. Like things change. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, I don't really have a set decision on that. It varies by person. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I just I want a condo so that we can Airbnb when we travel. That's like yeah. really what I want to do. <laughs> is I want to make money while I go spend money is kind of the thing. And a lot of people are doing it and it sounds like a really awesome idea. And I figure, I mean, if I'm going to be paying for rent here, it probably makes sense for us to own something that we can do what we want with it. Right. But Yeah, there's just so many factors because I don't see myself yet. I don't know about you, Liz. I've been curious to ask you this. But, like, I don't see myself yet being settled
2: for a long period of time in one space.
0: And I'm turning 30 in March. I actually
2: do. I'm actually a really big fan of, like, the area that I'm in, if I act quickly enough, I can get something really affordable. Mm Mm-hmm. And then my mortgage will be, like, stupid low. And then I can—I would rather have a place, like, a home base. And then, like, because my husband and I both work from home, like, I could go away for a month if I wanted to. Right. Like, I'd rather—and and having a place that I own just seem, thats inexpensive seems more conducive. Because I don't see myself—I don't ever want to be like, I think I'll move to Denver. Like, I'm kind of done with that, I think. So, yeah, But that's I just guess me.
0: I don't want—I want a home base, too. And I want it to be in Columbus. And I want it to be in the city of Columbus. I'm just not sure I know that I want that one place to be like where I want to be for however long yet, Mm -hmm. like to make that decision.
1: Yeah. And I think that's fair. I think too, like things change from that perspective. I think just kind of give it, you know, set yourself a timeline, like by this, by this date, I want to be, I want to have things figured out. Like I want to know what I'm going to be doing with um, real estate or whatever. And then just kind of like not worry about it until then. Or like, think about, Okay, start looking at houses, you know that you might buy, and just see how that makes you feel, because you might change your mind. Like it might just be. Mm -hmm. Do
0: you do that list? Do you in fact look at houses
2: yet?
1: We've gone through like spurts where we do. We Mm -hmm. haven't lately because we're just
2: we're pretty content. Like in our little rental, like Mm it's the it's the perfect place where I would stay and like plan for something. Like I'm not unhappy where we're renting now. So yeah.
0: So many decisions to be made. I also think <laughs> I when you are creeping up towards 30, that's yes. when you, it's another one of those mental things where you're like, probably should have my life figured out by now.
1: <laughs> I know. I turned but 30 in June. You and did? So, yeah. And so then that was like, I wasn't, you know, I had left my, well, I hadn't really left my job, but I was on like an unpaid leave and I was like getting ready to admit that I wasn't coming back. And yeah, I was like, oh, this is like the 30, it must be like the 30 year crisis or something. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's yeah. actually the Saturn return, which we have talked about
1: numerous oh. times, I
0: think, on the podcast. It's, like, between the age of 27 and 30, and the universe throws all of this stuff at you to get you to make a change in your life, if that's, like, what you're desiring. So some people go through, like, a lot of turmoil because they're not, like, allowing the changes to happen, and then some people just, like make these sudden changes. Yeah. We all kind of went through it. It sounds like
1: we've it's made so big changes. Like yeah. I I'm not the same person that I was when I was 27 at all. I don't even like know that person. Like, same. Like yeah. I had to sell some of my things because it kind of like made me sick to like think about who I was at that time. Like it's just, so, yeah. yeah, it's so interesting.
0: Who was that girl at 27? I know.
2: <laughs> she I'm having really
0: a dirty issue <laughs>
2: with... <laughs> <laughs> I, um, so I turned 30 and, well, I mean, I'm sure after this episode, Eris it'll be like in the past, but I turned 30 in like two weeks. Wow. Oh, yeah, and I'm having, you are almost 30. I'm having the, like, which I think what you just said about, like, I don't know, like, you know where you're at now and just be okay with that for now until mm-hmm. you know more what you want. That's where I'm at with kids. I'm mm-hmm. like, I need to know hundred percent what I want with children. Do I want them? Do I not want them? Do I want to adopt them? Like, I need to know so I can plan for it. And my husband always has to like ray me in and be like, do you know you don't want them like today? And I'm like, yeah, I don't have time or money for that right now. He's like, well, let's just live in that moment. Yeah. yeah. Until you start like feeling differently about it.
1: Yeah. It's never time or money for kids though. I will say that. That's true. That's so true. <laughs>
2: that's what
0: everybody says. Yeah. I have been getting that urge where I see babies and then I sort of think about me being a mother and I'm like, Oh, that kind of sounds great and then I'll have moments where I'm like it's time and then I'm like but it's not like it's not time yet when I really think about it and I'm just hoping that that'll come like Liz like kind of what Zach said I'm just gonna keep it in the back of my mind mm-hmm. and then one day hopefully I'll get an epiphany and I'll be like all right
2: it's time the time
0: it's the time but I don't know <laughs> apparently that doesn't happen babies Fun. like yeah the difficult the everyone says there's not a good time and there's never a good time even when you feel like you want to have one. So. Whatever, we'll just keep like dealing
1: of, with it. Right. You just so kind of have to like open yourself up to that. Like when it's time, it's time and like just trust yourself. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't, <laughs> I feel like we were all of a sudden like, oh, like let's try to have a baby. And then it happened really fast for us, which is like awesome because that's so unusual for some people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we kind of were thinking like we'd seen so many other people have trouble. And so we thought it would take us a long time and we'd have more time to prepare. So it just like, was like, whoops. oh, this is happening now. Okay. Oh
0: my gosh. And then you just went, and then you obviously just went with it. Yeah. And now he's
2: almost two. Yeah. How would you recommend just in case like, because I think a lot of our listeners probably are at that 30 stage. either they're like, the next step is a house or the next step is a kid. Like, I know you can't be 100% financially ready, but it is a big financial decision. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have any advice for people? Like how to start thinking about a kid from a financial perspective, mm-hmm. maybe before you start-
1: giving it a whirl. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Before you give it a whirl. (laughs) Financial planning kids 101.
1: Right. I think you just have to have your budget down. Like you have to be good at looking. I mean, you don't have to do anything like kids are kids. It's all, it's all, you're just going to try to get through it and survive. But I think in order to feel confident in yourself, like just to get rid of that, that fear of the unknown, you have to have your budget down and just be prepared to like add in childcare and add in, Mm -hmm. you know, can we talk about, Formula. realistically,
0: how much extra money it is a month when you have a child? I don't want know. At, at so the lo- basics. At the bare minimum. Yeah. Like, not even buying them, like, a $30 outfit from Jack and Jill. Like, what's yeah. the bare minimum? Is that a, what it's called?
1: Jack and
2: Jill? Jamie uh, sure. and Jack. Oh,
1: okay. So I know nothing. <laughs> I, like, I know nothing. <laughs> that's well that's a hard one because it depends on what type of mom you are because if you're someone if you're going to be breastfeeding for a long time that saves you a lot of money like on formula and things if you're gonna stay home with your kid then whatever expenses you add are really like food and like whatever activities you're doing um whatever you need like as a mom to keep you sane <laughs> mm-hmm. while well, you're home all the time but if your kid goes to daycare like our son just started going to um a daycare in august and that was like a quick twelve hundred dollars a month for him to go. And before that he had a nanny. And that was, I think it was like, I can't remember how much it was probably like 1600. a month. Wow. So it's a lot. I, but you make it work, you know, like, like that's the one thing that I'm like, my, my clients who are like, I just don't know if we're financially ready to have a baby. Like, I don't know if we're financially ready to have Mm -hmm. a baby. But we have one. (laughs) Yeah. You just kind of make it work and, and you hopefully have some family that can help like with childcare or whatever while you're figuring it out. And it's just like, it really does take a village. So you just have to be realistic about it. But I would say if you're somebody who works full time and you want to keep work- working full time after you have a kid, which is great. That's what I'm doing. I would say like expect to add at least like, you know, between a thousand to $1,500 a month crazy. to your budget. It's
0: I love like that we've covered so, so many topics. I know. I know. This is like the 25 plus year olds dream podcast yeah. about finances. Like we've hit houses, we've hit babies, we've hit traveling, we've hit childhood trauma. like all yeah, of the above. Yeah, food, health. It's been, it's been everything. Um, where can our listeners find more information from you or work
1: with you? Where are you most active? I'm, so my website is just financialandfemale.com. and and I'm on Instagram a lot. It's just at financial and um, I'm going to follow you right now.
0: Because <laughs> I don't know if I am.
1: And I'm on Facebook financial and female. Um, I'm really like all of our social media. I just got on Pinterest because somebody told me I had to be on Pinterest. And so that was like a whole nother thing, like putting together my Pinterest pieces and whatever, but now I love it. So I'll probably be on Pinterest a lot more, but. I'm working on
0: the Pinterest thing too. It, no one it, has to yeah, give me a reason to. It's just a different to... ball game
1: because everything's yeah. different shape. And
0: oh. I have my blog post written up for things to do in Austin. And I'm like, oh, I probably should put this on Pinterest. So that's going to be <laughs> my first task this week is like trying to get a Pinterest set up. Yeah.
2: Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks for chatting with us about money. I love that we, I think everyone should take this episode's lead and like start talking about money. Right. Like be us right now. (laughs) You can have this conversation with your friends. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You can have it with us. We'll talk to you about it. Call us, message us on Instagram. We can talk about it anytime we want.
1: (laughs) That's all I talk about anymore, so.
0: (laughs) I mean, it is your job, so that makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking with us. This has been great. Yeah.
1: This was so much fun. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Thanks guys so much for tuning into this episode with Amy. Hope that you found a lot of good insight when it comes to your financial wellness, because let's be honest, we don't talk about our financial wellness very often. And it's a key, it plays a key role in our overall health. So it's not just mental health. It's not just food and nutrition. It's not just exercise. Finances and lifestyle play a big part in our health. Um, if you are interested in working with Amy, she graciously gave the Finding Your Shine listeners $25 off her discovery session. So if you are interested in working with her, head on over to her website, which we have linked in the show notes, and you can use our code Finding Your Shine for $25 off her discovery call.
2: Thanks again for joining us for another week. Um, Just a quick plug for our Instagram. You should definitely follow us there. We have some great quotes. If you want some motivation from our guests, we shoot those there. We also have um, on our stories, we'll post some of these discount codes and things like that. So it's definitely a hub of information. Definitely the most active social media channel that we're on. Yep.
0: And on our Instagram, we host all of our discount codes right in our bio and in our highlights. So if you are interested, we have 10% off Mellow Leggings, 10% off Further Food Collagen, 15% off your Yogi Surprise Box. All of our sponsors and discounts are there with the discount codes.
2: Make sure you follow us there. The um, username is at Finding your Shine Podcast. That is how you can find us. Um, share us with a friend. Let people know that, you know, they can follow us on Instagram too. And, and share we'll- the pod. All
0: right, guys, that is all we have for you this week. We will catch you next week with a new and inspiring guest.